What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. I would consider this the Thanksgiving special, but after the Ravens game, other than health and happiness, we ain't got a lot to be thankful for on this Panthers organization. Uh, what I saw in that game, and or rather, what I did not see. I don't think I've seen that many punts in a game from the Panthers, and that's saying something in a long time. I mean, it was just – it looks – well, I thought there was typos or, you know, someone at the, someone at ESPN had a very easy job that week on their app. Just punt, 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 punt. That's all they had to do. Look, that was a, oh God, that was an awful game. Like I sat down and watched that entire thing. I'm like, wow. Like we have a chance, but I just know us. Like, no, we don't. Like it was, like, as long as it sat there at zero to zero, I'm like, we don't have a chance at this for real. And I mean, lo and behold, Baker didn't give us a shot towards the end, and some other plays happened too. But overall, bro, I mean, I think we the writing's on the wall. The writing's on the wall. But on the bright side, number two pick. <laughs> so we got it's back in the you know, conversation. The number no, think, two pick. I think I think the most embarrassing thing was in the first half. We had a total of about four plays. We accumulated a total of what forty eight yards. We didn't even have a. a, a a play over 20 yards until like the third quarter. Like, and I think that was midway through Baker to your point, Shantese, as we've been talking about was Baker uh, and, and show what we did. And at the end of the day, I don't think we looked good at all. And, but we went up against a, a subpar Ravens team and, and I didn't see much of it. I saw the highlights and from the highlights, it was a Ravens show. I would argue though. So are we going to say that though? And, and push this narrative PJ's in, we win in that game? No. Absolutely not. Nope. Nah, bro. Really? Nah, it's a it's closer. It's it's definitely closer. You probably score a touchdown. Maybe. Maybe. It's a strong man. Cause I mean, I think about it, he I mean, I watched him play against Cincinnati and he didn't do anything. So it, it so it's so it's no guarantee that PJ comes in and you know, at least his it, the only thing PJ would have done is that he would have threw those picks and those and those incompletions with confidence. And I at least would have been able to say, you know what? Damn it, that was a pretty interception. <laughs> and we got a chance to do that this week. We got Sam Darnold. You know, so we gotta we gotta get a great opportunity to see what 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 failing and being confident is all about. And of course they brought the, the Thanos meme out, you know, Tepper and Fitter and 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 McAdoo going back to Matt, at Sam, you know. You tried all this, and where did it bring you? Right back to me. I cannot believe we've gotten this far around. I knew when PJ went down at some point in time, I was like, "There's going like something's going to happen." But I thought, honest to God, in the back of my mind, that once Sam was out of the rotation, like that was it. We were not going to see Sam anymore. And it's so weird because I feel like in the time between when Sam has last stepped on the field for us and now, it's just like this been twilight zone. Like, are we we're really back to Sam being in here? Like, my goodness. Well, it, I mean, I think it's I think it's the best course of action right now. I mean, what has Baker shown you that shows you that he's going to do any better than Sam Donald did when he was at the helm? PJ has been the best out of the three of them. And to your point, Shantese, I don't think we would have won that game with PJ being against that Ravens defense. So why not give Sam a look? We don't have Matt Corral to give a look. So why not pay? What are we paying him? 17 mil this year, 20 mil this year to, to to just sit there. So you might as well put him in the game. And that's the most disappointing thing, though. Matt Corral not having the opportunity to play in some of these games that would be so valuable as far as our evaluation is what we want to do next year. If we do 
indeed have to go get a quarterback next year, which is kind of apparent now, no matter what happens and no matter how healthy Corral is next year, a quarterback is going to be drafted number one, uh, number one overall for the Panthers. But I mean, just a chance that we just miss an opportunity to see him with, you know, run with the run with the number one guys, um, get a chance to play against starting NFL defenses and see whether he could have developed into something. But I guess the bright side is also that, you know, he didn't have to, develop a full year under Ben McAdoo's tutelage. And I think that's also a win for his career as well. So he can move on forward and know that he didn't waste a year under Ben McAdoo being his OC. I think we're overlooking the the semi-likely possibility that Sam will come out after all this time and he'll do what he did against the Jets or those first two weeks, and especially with McAdoo at the helm. What if he puts up like 250 and like three touchdowns? And everyone's going to be like, uh, and, and, and they're going to be like, you know what? Maybe we have to consider Sam again. And someone even tweeted like, you know, we are going to be real sick when Sam is starting week one and Bryce Young is on, is on the bench. And, and, in mo- and like we say that these takes are ridiculous and we have all this fun on Twitter. But the bottom line is with the Panthers, just fan base and franchise, nothing's off the table. Nothing. Like really, no. I, I, nothing is. No, but I mean, let's be 100% honest. It won't be Sam starting week one next year. If anything, it'll be PJ starting week one. Um, if not a, if not um, the rookie coming out the helm, depending on who we bring in as a head coach and, our, and 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 offensive coordinator. But to be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past us trying to play all three of the quarterbacks before the end of the year. Whoever has the hot hand wins the wins the week. I mean, that's how I would probably go into practice at this juncture. It, it's been proven. I, I mean, don't think that we see anything different. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I, like, exactly like you said. I mean, no, I mean, the only quarterback that's played with any level of competency that I could trust to to play for four quarters and win the game has been PJ. Which is funny that it's funny that I, I said this way back during training camp that I said, look, the only guy I've seen at the practice, and mind you, it's just practice. Like, don't we really, can't really take anything from this, but the only guy I've seen operate with any type of sense of urgency and confidence was PJ. I said everybody else looks shaky and doesn't it looks unsure. And I can't believe Baker it, it, like the issues with that Baker's having is just it's just a guy that looks so unsure of what he's doing. Like it's not even just that he can't like that I think he can't play. It's just that I don't think he's he, he doesn't look sure that whatever he's doing, whatever he's looking at is the right thing to do. Like he I've never seen a guy just be this this go from being this a gunslinger to this gun shy of a quarterback in like oh instantly overnight within like within a, a a few months span between last year to this season. Anyone, any of y'all ever watched? Uh, any of y'all ever watched Blue Mountain State? Ever watched that at all? I watched like the first episode. All right. Well, Blue Mountain State has this quarterback. He's a college quarterback on like a Bama style offense. He's the backup, and he wants to just coast on being the backup, not ever do anything. But he's got raw talent, and so he's always good enough to be, you know, the starting quarterback. But when he gets to the spotlight, he always chokes. He plays real well and then chokes. Baker Mayfield is Alex Moran. He does not want to be a starting quarterback. I can't conceive any possibility where he's going in there going, "Yes, let me do this. I'm gonna get this," and then goes out and does that. I mean, look at now. Steve Smith was never a big proponent of you. And, and Shannon Sharp is about to murder Skip Bayless over his protection of Baker Mayfield. I've never seen that man so heated in my life. And there's reasons because everyone wants you to be so good, except for you, it seems. It really does seem that everyone but you wants to be good, wants you to be good. Well, no, I, think he, I think he believes way more in his skills than what he's shown on the field. 
in the end of the day, it's the result that you put on the field on Sunday. And, you know, a lot of the things that got him over in college are coming to, are coming to the light that it wasn't all about just you and being talented. It was the talent that you were playing at that level. And when you look at this from a from a totality standpoint, I mean, just going back to the game in itself, I mean, we only won in one of the bigger metrics, and it was the longest pass, and we only beat Baltimore by, like, three yards. You know, we rushed for a total of 36 yards. My son could have done that in Pop Warner in the fourth quarter against, like, some three-year-olds. You know, we, we just didn't present ourselves, again, underneath McAdoo with somebody at the helm who doesn't have the confidence to lead us forward. And at the end of the day, we we signed up for this knowing going in, what was it, five, four weeks ago we were talking about this. What are we really rooting for? We're rooting for a space at the table to get one of these top quarterbacks. Yep. End of the day. And 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 that's the product we have on the field. And what we have to expect for the for the season going forward is it's a quarterback carousel. I mean <laughs> hell, I wouldn't mind seeing Trouble Hubbard at the damn quarterback at this point. I, like I said, I, I mean, if PJ was healthy, I would quarterback for the rest of the year because at least at that at that point, I, I feel like we have a legitimate chance. With Sam, I mean, there's no telling what we're gonna get out of Sam this week. Honestly, I mean, there, there's no there's no precedent being set that he'll be able to run this offense any better than what PJ has. He can definitely run it better than Baker by the sheer fact of just maybe being able to gain. I don't know, let's say 50 yards and a half. So, you know, at, at that juncture, he would have ran the offense better than Baker Mayfield. So, I, I mean, I, like you said, I mean, at three and eight, I'm just ready. I, draft content will be on the way. That's all I can tell everybody. Like, this this is going to turn into a pre-draft podcast very soon. We got six games left to figure this thing out. And, I mean, and while his thing, all the six games down the stretch are winnable. That's the wildest part. And yep. I don't, I'll, ugh, uh, you know. But I'll tell you right now, I got, you don't have to be, you know, you don't got to listen to any of the ESPN fantasy stuff this week. I can tell you who to start on defense. If the Broncos defense isn't up in your league, if it's not utilized, get it right now. They're going to have a field day with Sam Darnold back there. I can see five, six picks, maybe seven <sighs> easily. easily. If, if, we throw, if we throw the ball more than 40% of that game, that's what's gonna happen. I, it's gonna be picks. It's gonna be, you know, there's no fly zone all throughout the Mile High City. Oh yeah, Pick City. Uh, I'll give them four total. I probably give it four total turnovers. You got a great chance yeah. if you if you got the if you got the Denver defense, bro. You 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 guarantee a good fifteen points. I yeah, I'd say that for sure. I actually think I actually think you guys are downplaying what Sam Donald's gonna come in and do. He's gonna win in spite of. He's gonna come oh, in. He's gonna do his tweet. Shantice, as sure as, as sure as as sure as Sean Smith did them two fumbles, we gonna see we gonna see Sam go for a hundred yards passing. I but guarantee it. I guarantee I'm, it. I'm, an, I'm not understanding as to why everyone is suddenly thinking that Shai Smith is 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 like Ted Ginn Jr. or is like. Oh wait a minute! Oh wait, 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 wait! Everyone's Jack, like, oh, Jack. he needs to perform better. What have you seen from Shai Smith that has allowed you to think? I mean, he's gotten a handful of nice, nice catches to be, you know, to keep the novelty alive. But like, people are acting like he needs to be a starting wide receiver. We shouldn't be throwing it to Shai Smith that many times in a game. Uh, oh, 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 uh, all right. I, 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 I'm gonna tell you what the biggest issue's been with with Shai, and I, and I, and, I, and, I, and obviously, I'm probably gonna sound like a homer when I say this, but there hasn't been a quarterback on this roster that can go through. 
one or two reads without getting that thing out of there. And, 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 and so, so I don't think it's a, necessarily an issue of him. There's a lot of routes you could give him the ball where, it, where, where like even the, it, uh, even the fumble, right? Look, I hate to tell everybody this, but you know the guy that stripped that ball out is an All Pro, you know, Pro Bowl no, no, level no, corner, no, Marcus I mean, Peters. I only said that, only said that because <laughs> he was your pick at the beginning. Oh yeah, of the year. He's oh yeah, the oh, only one performing, and he's the only one performing out of all of our picks. He's the only one performing at all. Look, it's like I, I don't, I don't think the court, I don't think the quarterback play. I think we can all, we all can say the quarterback play hasn't been up to par. And not only that, if DJ Moore struggle and his numbers are down, I don't know if what everybody expected from the rest of the offense. Like Terrence Marshall yeah. is succeeding. I mean, he's had, he's having his moments, but let's not be clear. But we're getting like maybe we're getting like two catches out of Terrence Marshall a game that look good, but not a consistent four quarters yeah. of where the offense looks functional. You know what I'm saying? So this thing isn't really. I can't let really. Me back, I, let me go back. But let me go back to the point of me saying Sam Donald's going to win in spite of Sam Donald's going to win in spite of the fact that we've all been talking trash about him since he went down what yeah. a year and a half ago, right? He's coming out to prove that he can still play. Listen. This guy wants to be a backup on a contender or on somebody's roster next year. He's not going to be a Panther. No. So I want y'all to understand, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, him and Baker and even PJ, they are, they're in audition mode. Let's call it fame. Yeah. They're going to try to live forever in this moment, and that's what they're going to try to – that's what they got to do. Well, the only quarter – That's where I oh, – go ahead. I said, but that's where I get it to where, like, we've been talking about it. And, you know, he will, PJ would throw it with some confidence, but they were all in audition mode. But the thing is, that creates that. I, and what has been one of Baker's biggest issues is forcing himself to play at a higher level of talent than he's able to operate at. And that's what causes, you know, was Elvis Doomerville or whoever had the pick at the line of scrimmage and get it back down to the line of scrimmage. Like, when you force the ball like that, and Sam was the biggest proponent of throwing it into situations that he did not need to do so. We know how many touchdowns he's thrown to the other team more so than our team. And that's where I just know that Sertain and company are going to read, like, because we've seen the with the Broncos, the complete difference that we look like this week, you know, between defensive play and offensive play. If the Broncos had scored 18 points in their in all their games this season, they'd be 9-1. and one. They're going to score 18 points. Well, actually, I don't know about that because the Ravens, you know, didn't score a lot until the very end. And the one touchdown we did give them was because of a play that we messed up. So I don't know how their offense is going to do, but their defense, I think it's going to be almost a very similar game to what we just saw with the Ravens. It's going to be two lockdown defenses, keeping the offenses very, very contained until some, it's about who's going to make the first mistake. And if as bad as Russell Wilson has played this season, I think if we're going to have to bet on who's going to make the first mistake, Sam Darnold or Russell Wilson, I'm putting my money on, on Sam Darnold. It's It's one of those things where, Obviously, we, Sam has a history that 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 we're judging him off of, and how and how, and how we think this thing will go. If I'm being honest, though, neither one of these things are good enough for me to sit there and say, "Yeah, like this is gonna go this exact way." Because even with that, even with that Broncos defense being as good as it's been, I mean, they're still prone. They're still prone to the same thing Carolina's prone to. They're still prone to. They're still prone to being you being you been you being able to put a drive together on it. If you if you let Deontay Foreman get going earlier. Early enough, I can see this being one of those games. Like, like, like you, like you said, Jason, I can see this being one of those games where Sam, I, you know, over uh, overplays his his talent level and possibly puts together a what like a two hundred fifty yard performance with maybe two touchdowns. He'll probably throw a pick in there somewhere. 
but I, but neither one of these groups are good enough to where I can say, oh, this is definitely going to be how this game goes. Even though I would I would lean towards saying that Broncos defense is going to have a a good day. Uh, it, it, nobody nobody on the field right now playing for either one of these teams is good enough for me to say, yeah, this is a guaranteed big time day for them. Now I can see Russ should. I'll be honest, man. If Russ can't get it together, I mean, I can't even say if Russ can't get it together. He couldn't get it together against the Raiders. So his season's shot. No matter how you look well, at it. No matter. Let's not let's not let's not put this in any sort of arena of when Russ was uh, uh vintage Russ back when he was in Seattle and we had those great battles with him in camp. This is not gonna be that type of ball game. This may be the ugliest game of the week in the NFL, um, to be hundred percent honest, from offense to offense. Defense are going to play lights out. And, and and I will tell you, the mistake prone on both sides will lend to a heavy defensive game to where I think the Panthers are going to come through uh, stellar as they have throughout the season. I mean, hell, they play stellar against the Ravens, against the real Action Jackson. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we really had more tackles for a loss than the Ravens. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? But at the end of the day, back to our boy Faker Mayfield, he was the, he was the catalyst of the L. At the end of the day, looking forward, it's a game by game play. I think we can squeak this win out with about a three to ten point win with Sam Donald playing to your point, Shantice, at that Jets level earlier on in his career when he was a shocker, kind of like that Zach Wilson effect, right? But I'm not looking for anything spectacular. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be sloppy. It's not going to be anything that you're going to write home and say that was one of the best games I've ever seen on TV. Well, and that goes back to my original point. Like I said, you know, like I said, I said that I started off this whole thing by saying that Sam, it's going to be just in Sam fashion to put up a 250 yard game with a couple touchdowns. I could see that happening. Or like I said, I could see exactly what happened last week happening as well. Because, I mean, if you look at the two teams, they have a lot of similarities between the Broncos and the Panthers. Both teams are very young. They got a lot of talent that's raw, un, you know, unfettered and needs to get, you know, some sort of direction. And they don't have that direction at head coach and are searching for that spark at quarterback. They've got the talent and the speed on defense too. And that's where they, you know, they're, that's where the, the, the majority of their talent lies. So that's where I could see this being, you know, this kind of battle of, it seems it could be the battle of the mids. Like we saw at the beginning of the year with LSU and FSU, which of course we didn't realize how that was going to go as we go forward. Or it could be, you know, like with, the Ravens not really understanding again where their offense lies with the lack of talents and, and and Andrews coming back into the fold. You know their receivers. He they're doing to Lamar what they did to Cam back in 2017, playing with a law office of Likely and Duvernay and whoever else they want to have back there. And now you know and, and the running backs as well. So for the Broncos, the same it's kind of the same thing. You know, William or uh, Williams is still out. So now they have what is it? Latavius Murray's coming up. Yeah. They just cut Gordon. I'd honestly be like, hey, let's. Throw some money for a what we deal to Gordon. See, let him, let him, let him, let him, let him go off. But I could see it where, like, you know, we could put together a bit more on the offensive side. You know, if we stick to our guns, that's the thing. So yes, we don't have the ability of knowing what Sam has done, but it's not like Sam didn't come back last year after the injury. He came back a few weeks, you know, and still put up, you know, poor numbers. And so it wasn't like he was just injured all throughout the off season. So I don't know if this has been building up in his mind because we also don't know where his mental health is. Like, I, I don't know where his head is at right now and what he's thinking about this game. I mean, I know he thinks he's, he's playing for his career, but has anything that we've said and done in, in, you know, media and our game plan alluded to the fact that even if he does well the rest of the season, he's going to be the quarterback going forward, especially with Rue out the door. The only thing, the biggest thing is that it's his first game post-rule. 
And that's really going to speak to the rest of his career is, okay, was it rule, you know, vying for you and putting his neck out there for you, thinking that was what it wanted because he could use you the way he wanted to, or were you being, you know, held back by rule and not, not having any sort of, because it's also his first game with McAdoo too. So that, that's where, that that's the only reason I could see something happening where he puts up, you know, like that said, that first Jets game. He, he and he's still even in that game though through a pick and a half. I'm not if I'm not mistaken to where the Jets were able to come back and almost win that game. Oh. So uh, it, the problem is there's there's so much up in the air that I don't know how. Like you said, I, I'm not going to call it one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. Because it's so much in the, we haven't like you said we haven't seen him since the preseason. There's no there's no again there's no there's nothing that we can go off of to see how he'll play in this game i'm telling you right now McAdoo will probably give you his most creative game that he's given you so far this season that's what i that's what i would predict like, like all right he's working with the quarterback he's never and nobody's ever seen him use in a regular season game this is going to be the most creative we've seen McAdoo be in and but well definitely this season. I I mean especially when I remember how he came out with PJ and this how they had how the game plan just kind of totally altered itself as soon as PJ got the job. I expected to do the same thing when Sam. I I I just I couldn't expect. You know, like I said, there's going to be more creativity. I think, especially for DJ Moore to get him going because that has to be a point of emphasis. And 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 I will say. Sam did have a relatively good connection with DJ last year. Still got him over a thousand yards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he at least got him over a thousand yards last year. I think, I think, I think the season referendum for Sam will be if he can take the job from PJ. Right. If Sam comes out here and proves himself to be more consistent and more solid in those in those periods where pj throws that errant pass or pj throws that stupid pass and you're sitting there like i don't know what you were looking at but you just cost us a whole series on that play where dj was wide open on the left where i think to your point i think uh sam has a little bit more dialed in in that capacity so if we're riding the hot hand and sam can take us in the next say what four games go split two and two or go three and one do you keep Sam in or do you go back to, to PJ when that high ankle sprain seems to be a little bit more feasible to get out there on the field? I mean, bro, at this point, at three and eight, and you struggle to get even to that three, you'll take whatever you can get. You ride with whoever's win, who, whoever just won last, ask the guy. Right? Like that, like I, I like what PJ's done. PJ, here's the thing PJ's done enough. Like PJ season could end today. And he's done enough to stay in this league. I think that was that was the goal for PJ. Now for the other two, Baker's played himself out of the league. Like I, it's going to be hard for me to figure. It's, it's oh, going to be hard for me to he'll figure out. Shanties, he'll be a backup. Yeah, he'll oh, no, oh, 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 he he definitely will be. I think the team that takes a chance on him being a backup though may be. No. Oh boy, are you? He'll be Chad Kelly. He'll be the next. He'll be the next winner of the Grey Cup in the Canadian Football League. He'll be running there with whoever's out there. That's, he'll, that's he'll, what he needs to be. Like real talk, that's really like he like he can't really tell he he can't really tell me that he shouldn't be in the XFL right now. Oh, he would light up the XFL. He'd be the number one. Like, can we also put a pause on that? Can we go back to the fact that the long snapper that we took in the sixth round of 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 the draft is was the I think the eighth pick of the XFL draft? Who is a long snapper? What is that? Yeah. Oh shit! Good for him. He was the eighth pick. 
pick of the XFL draft they well, had. Look, or the I mean, XFL, don't sleep the, on the XFL, though, Jack. I mean, the XFL did have your mid-range to, like, non-drafted top-tier players in college. Like, these aren't some scrubs that were working at Crystal's. A long snapper at eight? A long snapper at eight is kind of wild. Is it what are his metrics? <laughs> is it where, again, it is the XFL, though. But it is the it XFL. Is but regardless, I mean, I'm serious. Baker would light up the XFL. Baker or or the you know whatever Johnny was in the uh, the player could the oh yeah for, oh, oh yeah FCF oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he can go with T, he can go with To and, and go play in that was league. it the USFL I'm, is that what that was or whatever no, it was that was the the fan control football league like the F, oh. like the FFL or something like that it was like this arena league like you the fans called the plays the fans set the rosters it was it was weird I mean he's he's not even going to be on a on a on a game of Madden anymore I I can't I'm done I he's out of Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it was ridiculous. You know what's Baker's funny, though? As far as don't, don't you say in, in the light that he's been known to be in from Cleveland to Carolina. Like, he will no longer be that guy. Like, Jameis Winston came out and showed you what Baker's going to be. Let's be a let's be, let's be a thousand percent. It hurt my soul. Yeah, that's the nature of the business, my, my man. Like, there's no reason to even get on camera to say that. You think you're going to uh, beat out Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's worst day is your be- is one of his best days. Now you know that's how I look at it from a consistency standpoint. So we're not. I mean, Baker is like. I mean, that's what it's gonna be. Hey, hey, remember when I told y'all we should go? We should go get Jimmy G instead of Baker Mayfield. Oh, everybody said that. I- a lot of people said that. A lot of people said that. But we couldn't spend that money on Jimmy G, not knowing what his arm was gonna look like. His arm is his arm is his arm. Jimmy's never gonna have the strongest arm anyway. The the, the one thing that makes Jimmy G effective is his timing. His timing no. his timing and his quickness with how quick he gets the ball out. Now I will say that only really works for that Shanahan offense. And unless you have a unless you have an OC that's going to prioritize what he does well, which is quick game. You know, a lot, you know, I, which again would, would have probably helped out a guy like DJ. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, you know, we, we, uh, but uh, I mean, I don't think Jimmy G would have said, Jimmy G wouldn't have said this either. No, I, I would have recommend- been good without Rule and without and, and, and without McAbee. I don't think Garoppolo would be who he is with, without Shanahan or without oh, absolutely. absolutely. He's not. Always, he's- always been one of the biggest benefactors of that system mm-hmm. is, is especially when where you had i mean he was throwing it to everybody iuk yeah, Debo, yeah. george kittle like everyone was getting it and 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 you know mccaffrey is only added to that and so he's you know, the biggest you know benefactor from that whole thing and that was my again thing remember when i said i don't want either of them because i i don't want to stick in this twilight zone that we've created for ourselves well, now we're back to Sam. We're back to square one. Look, here's the thing, right? And it's funny because I, a lot of when we usually when we say this, you know, people just always reject the idea as just being, you know, reminiscent of the past and all of that. But I'm telling you, Cam is a better quarterback than all of these guys on this roster. And you can't Chante, tell me we're not going Chante, stop. I know I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it to me. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it right now to me because we're three and eight, and a lot of these games could have been won if you had a quarterback that yes. knew how to properly yes. function an NFL offense. You're at least you're at least if we had Cam, we're five hundred. And that's all I'm saying. All I'm, all I'm saying is that you're five hundred 
and that you had a chance to win the division. And at that point, at, at, at that point, like, now I will say this, we're better off where we are because we might as well, we, we might as well hit the full reset and not even play around with being, you know, mediocre middle of the road. I'm fine with where we're at right now, honestly. But the only thing I would, only thing I would rebut that with real quick before you go, Jack, I'm sorry. The only thing I would rebut that with is we didn't see our true running game until we got rid of somebody who was integral to our organization. Bringing Cam back in may have hamstrung us to force the offense through Cam. Yeah. So we would have seen some of the same result. Yeah, absolutely. When we had CMC, right? So you wouldn't get that same spark and benefit, right? But this Jack, is true. Go right in. I'm sorry to mean to cut you off. Well, no. First off, I would say that the one point being 500, you're still a game out of the uh, out of the division. Exactly. No. Exactly. And and if you don't get into the playoffs, then Anthony Richardson more than likely is going to fall to that middle of the pack oh, yeah. where your draft pick would normally be. And so, I, 500 for me, I would rather go 500 with a quarterback that I like that I at least enjoy to watch. And the thing that makes me so upset is because we could have still had it, but Rule doesn't understand how to run a football team whatsoever. Think right. about it this year and the way that PJ has continued to progress. Could you like? I understand you're concerned about running the offensive room because that's what Rule did. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Wilkes is a smarter guy than that. Could you imagine you run PJ through the twenties and then when you get to the red zone, it's Foreman or it's Cam. You try to tackle one of them. Oh, bro, I asked for the, I asked for that last year when you brought him in to let right. PJ run the offense and you let Cam work himself back into 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 form in the red zone because because. I mean, hell, in the red zone, oh, God, there's not a better option. There's not a better fourth and one run threat. There's not a there, there's not a better RPO threat than you can have in, in Cam Newton inside the 20. At that point, the whole offense opens up, and it's simple for him at that point to be able to learn and, and attain the offense as you progress through the season. But, you know, you also fired his OC after, like, the second game. So, I mean, it is that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm going back to, right? So it goes back to my original comment of, even though we would have, let's say we would have brought him back at the beginning of this year with what we had on the table, I don't think our record would have been any different other than we probably would have won the Browns. We would have won the first two games outright, and the third game still would have been a struggle. But at the end of the day, we would have forced ourselves to fit ourselves into the idea of a Cam and McCaffrey offense. Yeah. It took us to get rid of McCaffrey to give those other options that window and that's all i'm saying like that opportunity of yeah cam would have been great in the red zone but a thousand percent do we do we have faith that rule would have called that play no i could do would have called that play and well that was the problem again going and that's what's created us in this you know this this twilight zone like i said it's almost worse than like what the browns do the browns they were going through and getting a draft picked every year you know they were trying for those guys as they came up colt mccoy johnny manziel who colt mccoy looked they did him so dirty the other night, showing it. They showed, you know, Jimmy walking up, and then they showed Colt, who looked like he just came from a barbecue and was sunburnt all get out. But they did that where they kept going after the, you know, younger guys that they thought were supposed to be the stars and didn't file out. And it's almost worse the fact that we keep going for these guys that are, are again, the, you know, the will they, won't they, could they, might they, maybe, what it should have, could have, and then they fall flat on their face. And doing all of that when you don't know what your your coaching staff looks like. And so, yes, I agree that, you know, not having it, and especially now, but think about it. Like, that's what kind of Cam is built for almost right now. Last year, we didn't know we were doing rebuilding or not, and this year, we still don't know it. But, like, at least now you have your interim head head coach who had 
experience and a relationship with Cam, and you want to talk about a leader of men, you have one leader of men already in your on your coaching staff. Imagine bringing Cam there into file. I mean, he, if we put this episode up on Twitch, there's a 90% chance he sees it because he's sitting there playing Madden right now. And that's what pisses me off because let me tell you this, Jason. Let me paint you this picture. You got a quarterback that right now that hasn't been to the Super Bowl since 2013, I want to say. He's a former MVP and actually multiple-time MVP, but he's got a 40.8 overall QBR rating. Do you think it's right to keep trying for him next year, to keep him on the roster next year, to say he's the guy? No. <laughs> you want to know who that is? You want to know who that is? I wouldn't if I had that. You said 2013. I want. I want to say 2013. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Yeah. And if and if you watch that Titans game, tell me a good pass that he threw. Well, you in that know, anyway, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's back this all the way. We're gonna get into the Aaron Rodgers conversation. We have to discuss the fact that you you built the devil you have. You gave him the Brent Hall treatment. Anybody that goes to Green Bay gets a godlike complex. You know why? I agree with there that. There ain't Jack in Green Bay, but the damn quarterback. Man, I agree with that. There's else there that attracts anything. So I say that to say Aaron Rodgers is as gifted as they come, but the fact that they gave him the godlike complex in a small <laughs> market. The difference in Tom Brady, you gave him a big market. He had the chip on his shoulder, and he put the work in. Aaron Rodgers is 10 times more talented than Tom ever was. The problem is Aaron's in his own head of a Ronaldo-type complex. He thinks he's a god amongst everybody else. And he, you can, we can sit and argue the whole point of, oh, he's for this and he's for that. He had to get his money. He had three contracts that he got money with. I don't know why the hell you would let Devontae, Devontae walk out of that goddamn building. It's beyond me. Hey, and and why and why he would prioritize his money over making sure Devontae got hit. Exactly. So you talk about Aaron Rodgers in that way. The only reason I'm getting rid of Aaron Rodgers is because it's like Brett Favre was when we when they sent his butt going to the Vikings. It's but at that my, point. That's the only but reason. Then, but then my rebuttal to that is did we not give Cam a God complex and then surround him? No, we didn't. We didn't talent? give him a complex at all, other than the fact of he felt like he could not succeed with us because we didn't we, give him weapons. Aaron Rodgers had every weapon in our fan, though. All right, all right, all right, all right. Who were the fans giving him the God complex, or was the franchise giving him the God complex? Because the franchise didn't surround him with the talent, exactly nor, did, nor did he get paid like a. He, he never got paid like a high end quarterback. Rodgers the God complex is what you're arguing. And that's what I'm saying. Like the, the like Rodgers is Rodgers. He had had the Packers by by the neck, and they're gonna do exactly. whatever the hell Just he like wants them to do. Ball. It, Just like Brent Favre, that's what happens in Green Bay. That's what I'm saying. When you go to I, Green Bay, you are, again, no disrespect to one of my favorite all-time Panthers. That's why Pep went to Green Bay after, after Chicago. It was the natural progression of that. He was treated as a god. Not saying that he shouldn't have been, but at that point in his career, was he a god? No. Now he wasn't a god, but God almighty, he was still solid. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying though is that 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 market, that team is a different beast. Like the Cowboys, it's a different beast. That's why you can be a mediocre player on the Cowboys and still be an all-star. That's why Aaron Rodgers can be mediocre at the Packers, but we still talk about him as if he's going to the Super Bowl tomorrow. And we know he's not. Yeah. 
That's right. Just like I said, I, the 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 argument that there are better quarterbacks him than him in the league. That there are a good amount of there's a handful of them, but I'm not putting it to where like I said, if I just have to ride out the rest of the season, because like you said, Shanti, I mean we're gonna play with the hot hand. It's like a it's like setting a fantasy lineup. Whatever has the most the average the highest you know projected points, throw them in there. Whoever did the best last week, throw them in there. And I just I'm so tired of sitting in this twilight zone. Like I said, we're back to square one where we literally were since he's we have not moved an inch since he's left and that's why it's so hard to not keep harping on it because we haven't done anything to make allow us to move on yeah like nothing that we have done other than flashes of of pj you know playing like a, a quarterback just playing into that level and we keep changing the variables that created his exit if he had gone out on his own volition said i can't be with this organization anymore I can't, you know, perform the way I wanted to. He didn't want to leave even when he went to New England. He was begging to stay, and we would not keep him. So that's what makes it so – and I know people get tired of it. I understand that. But it's hard to move on when you keep changing the variables that created his his, his exit, what is my argument. And not only that, where is the ray of sunshine that comes through and, and gives us any type of hope? Like, what we're, not, what we're asking for, we're not asking for this team to be a playoff team. I think we've been very realistic with this team. And, and I think we've been as patient as we as you can be with this team is that, hey, look, all we wanted to see was just increments of improvement. But the but the thing about it is, is that we haven't, okay, when we, you fell, you had a failed attempt at making McCaffrey the face of the franchise because you used but well, because you know you you wouldn't properly build an offense that didn't have to feature McCaffrey on every down, and you see what's happening in San Francisco, San Francisco when you have a real well, a real coach and knows how to call real knows how to call a real NFL game. That McCaffrey's a lot more useful when he's being spelled out and doesn't have to carry the ball twenty to thirty times, or doesn't have to be in the game ninety percent of the snaps in order to be effective. Because I mean, when you, when you know how to call plays, you kind of know the you know you kind of know the feel of the game, right? I mean, DJ Moore, we've liked, but we we still haven't seen him ascend to that top fifteen mark that I think we all we that we greatly want to put him in. And even Brian Burns, who this year is started to give us more consistency week in and week out, still hasn't cracked into that elite territory of pass rushers. He's on the brink, but still not there yet. So, like, where are we supposed to be leaning towards and saying, like, hey, well, you know what? I, I think Santis, that comes also too with. The identity we've created ourselves behind the coaching, the coaches we put in front of them, right? When Rivera was here, imagine, imagine this, and let's put this in perspective. Imagine a time where you could have Brian Burns, Jeremy Chen, J.C. Horn, Luke Keekley, uh, T.D., everybody under Rivera, mm. and then you take a Cam Newton. A CMC at his at his prom, throw a throw a elderly Jonathan Stewart, and let's throw, uh, of course, Olsen. You bring in a young Tommy Tremble. I say justly. Um, you bring in a, a DJ Moore with the Steve Steve Smith at the end of his career with, underneath the Rivera, and what does that look like to you? Right <laughs> now, you take that same team. And the way we've been fragmented over the years, post-rule, with rule, whatever, and that's what you give DJ and you give these younger talent and you put them in that kind of blender. You're not going to get the same result. Brian Burns and DJ Moore are going to suffer underneath the transition of ownership and coaching. There's no way around it. And what we have to right-size at this moment, 
to give DJ Moore the best five years of his life, to give uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Brian Burns the best five years of his life, you're going to have to give them a coach. You're going to have to give them a culture that's going to breed that excellence. Now, the bigger conversation we haven't even touched on is how we feeling about Tepper and what Tepper may potentially do in moving the Panthers overseas. Because I can see that as a legitimate and feasible out for him if he gets frustrated with the state of the states of Carolina. But that's and a whole other topic for a whole other session. But right. that's something yeah. I about a lot. My my shorthand for, for Tepper, and and this has been, you know, even and I even say it through the last week, regardless of what the offense did. If Wilkes is not on your coaching staff. Oh yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, for sure. In, in in some capacity, coordinator, head coach, I'm. I, you've already done everything to get me done with you and cool off you as an owner, whatsoever. But if like if you think that that is a smart business move to get him off with, seeing the way the guys have played for him, seeing the way he's turned it around, seeing the way that he's been able to deal with all the crock a BS that you have put in front of him, and you tell me that that's not warranting, especially when around the league he's getting touted. To say, okay, he should be considered highly, and even we've said it. So if you come out of this without making a deal, you are a businessman, you are a CEO, you are an owner of a company, you know what it takes to get people to stay. You make that deal, you sweeten it however you need to to get him to stay on this coaching staff. If you want, because every move that you've made as of yet, as of the, you know, the beginning of your career and tenure here, has only served to set this organization back. And letting him walk out that building will set you back another five years. He will lose any allegiances, I think, that he currently has with the city. For sure. The little that he has. And that's what I'm saying, Jack. For sure. So that's my my, my final words on Tepper. And the other, the Germany thing, yeah, I could see that easily happening. And I'm going to try I mean, to overseas in general. Oh, they're looking for expansion teams in 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 Europe. Well, here's the thing, Jason. Who was the first NFL organization to join the Germany the Germany yeah. Business Partnership? Yeah, you hit me. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, for sure. No, I understand. Uh, no, but that's no. the whole thing. I'm saying, like, that's his out. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, look, no matter what he moves his team to, bro. He doesn't know how to run a. He doesn't know how to run an NFL franchise. He has. I think his heart's in the right. I. I. I think Tepper's heart's always been in the right place. He just left the. He just left the football decisions to, you know, bad football people. Like I mean, leaving your. I mean, again, like hiring your your rookie head coach from what Baylor, giving him a seven year deal, and then giving him roster control probably wasn't the best thing to do. So no matter where he goes, bro, this this it is gonna be destined to fail. Whether he moves his team from Carolina to Germany or damn Timbuktu, really don't it, it don't really make it down to me about where he moves the team to. Now I will say, coaching wise, I, I you know I, I I'm kind of torn because I mean Wilkes has his team playing and competing better than what they than what they did before, and they have a chance at a lot of these games that they played in, except except for the Cincinnati game so far. But yeah, uh, but it's it's. How do you want this team to look in the future? I mean, how how much do you want to transform this roster again when you have 
when you have the guys that you have, you have staple pieces on this roster. You have JC, you have Brian Burns, Chan, Derrick Brown, um, and I mean, Louisville to an extent. And, you know, the only guy you have on offense right now is, well, the only guys you have are, are really icky. Taylor Moten, it's, I mean, that offensive line saw is solidified, and, and DJ Moore. I, I, after that, there's nobody is even guaranteed to be on the roster next year. How do you want you know, this team? I think, I think you got to backfield that line, though. I agree with you on that offensive line, but we typically set our line and we don't backfield. We need to backfield now. Oh, absolutely. We yeah. need to backfield like yesterday. Like I, 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 Some of these picks that we have, like I get it. We want to go with best player on the board, man. Go get the best lineman on the freaking board, man. Like, I agree with that. You yeah. gotta, we we gotta do it. You gotta you gotta sacrifice for that. You uh, gotta well, build into it, if, especially if you think that you're going to draft a rookie quarterback. Well, well, I mean, the thing about it is, like, how do we think Wilkes can flesh out a flesh out a coaching staff? Like, how how does the coaching staff understand Steve Wilkes? Look, he what's learned. The, he learned from his first stint. I think he. I'm, I'm gonna not be honest with you. I think he would go after Pep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I would. But I mean, considering Pep is probably going to be in line to coach the next the number number one overall pick. I mean, does Pep leave? And that's yeah. the thing we keep. That's the the biggest issue and the biggest you know catch twenty two of it is that Wilkes, you know, who the people that he could bring on that he has a connection to aren't coming for coordinator positions, and, and so that's going to be the biggest issue. Is that I don't think you give Pep. I, I don't think you give Wilkes. You get Pep assistant head coach. You get Pep assistant head coach. I just, I don't think he's going to come for that. I really don't. Well, I mean, he, I, I think, the thing about his Pep is, it's not like he's been at OC long enough to be able to just jump from OC no, to, to head coach. And they're not having a good enough year for him for anybody to say Pep is a is a head coaching candidate. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, like you said, if Wilkes if was looking to make him the assistant head coach, then I then I think Pep would at least entertain the idea, but uh, I think so. But but I mean, but it, but it's a, it's a it's a factor of there there are a, resume. Hold up, let's 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 not discount this man's resume though. No, I'm not. His but, resume, his resume speaks to him being. He could probably vibe for one of these, uh, Dan Campbell conversations. Yeah, the Daniel conversations. Yeah, both of them. But we know how the league works. It's not about what no, 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 you're no, 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 Yeah. His resume speak his resume was better than freaking Matt Rules. Let's be a thousand percent honest. Well, that's a lot of coaches. Yeah. I mean, I mean I mean I I mean hell, I think my resume better than Matt Rules if we can keep it a whole schedule for like coach an NFL team. But like, you know, you feel me? But you take over Jeff Saturday's analyst role and pop up on Monday morning quarterback. All right, exactly. So I mean I based off of what I've seen based off the standard the league is set, Pep Hamilton can be a head coach today based off the standard the league is set. But what the league is gonna do for what the league's gonna do for a black coach is make him wait another year or two before he gets the opportunity. For sure. And that's and that's my concern. <clears throat> that's my concern going forward. And so I I don't really know how well Wilkes would do, and I'm I am a bit concerned about the what the room would look like of Tepper and of you know and of um, and Federer and 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 you know Wilkes trying to flesh that out. That's what would concern me, and that's what keeps you know keeps I, I rack my brain around week in and week out. And I think of course all these you know are just conversations we continue to keep having, and they're going to be conversations that are going to continue to rotate as we go week in and week out. Like we said, these next weeks how they go where we fall up and down the ladder, what happens in the college scene and the college scape and what happens with the coaches around the league. I, I think it's, 
just so like I said, it's what we're in the twilight zone. We're in the twilight zone, and there's really no other way to, to say it. But um, but I guess you know, of course, we just we gotta keep waiting and keep pounding. <laughs>